Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The two-minute drive. Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, as the umpire bellows out. Batter up. There's three seconds on the clock. You break off the screen. Here comes the pass. Gotta make the three. This ain't the metaverse. These are big moments in real time. Do you want in? I do indeed hear of a single prohibition, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. From Genesis 2.17. Bishop Robert Barron writes in his book, The Great Story of Israel, These are among the most studied words in the literature of the world, and they have given rise to a variety of interpretations. One interpretation places this great transition from a sort of dreamy innocence to something like mature self-possession, as if our first parents were more like adolescents than fully constituted adults, living in a state of naivete, inexperienced and innocent under the tutelage of God, not yet mature or responsible, like every teenager ever after tumbling awkwardly into adulthood, recklessly choosing sheer autonomy over God's lordship. St. John Paul II also talks of the book of Genesis as well, and the eating of the fruit of the tree of good and evil, but as something entirely wicked. That the knowledge of good and evil is not so much a sign of intellectual and moral maturity, but rather a prerogative that belongs uniquely to God. The being of God alone is the determining criterion in regard to good and evil. It is not a matter of cultural convention or popular consensus, and most certainly not the result of an arbitrary and aggressive free choice. I know if I were to dig deep into my heritage, I believe a particular man in my bloodline has passed on my instinctual nature to bristle at being told what to do. I think his name might be Adam. So like all men, I too am lost. Yet the shepherd who has a hundred sheep and one goes missing, but the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine others and searches high and low for that lost sheep. Or suppose a woman who has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? These parables tell us that we are worthy of being found and rescued from this mess whereby we think we can determine our own good and evil. The 1969 remake of the British classic Goodbye, Mr. Chips is about a schoolmaster in southern England during World War II, but it is also as much about a man who tutored boys into becoming men at this fictitious boarding school called Brookfield. It is a difficult subject talking about the training up of boys to be men, men who will walk with their heads up, standing tall across the open yard facing danger confronting their fears with courage. In the summer of 1944, after the D-Day landings in Normandy, Hitler launched Germany's Vergeltungswaffen, or revenge weapons, the V-1 flying bombs and the V-2 rockets upon England's countryside. Their purpose was to strike a pandemic-like fear into the English. Though their aim was poor, their destructive ability was not. It was the noise that people remembered best, a distant hum that grew into an eventual booming roar that was followed by a deafening silence. 
and terrifying moment that marked the imminent arrival of death from above. The Brits nicknamed them the Doodlebug, and it struck fear into those who stood listening underneath. In the movie, the headmaster of Brookfield approaches Mr. Chips and says, I have counted 23 bombs since 7 a.m. this morning. Don't you think it would be far better to send the boys into shelter rather than walk across the open yard when we take the morning roll? Mr. Chip replies, But if I did, they might be there all day. To which the headmaster responds, That would be far better than to have them in the open where they might sustain a direct hit. The incredulous Mr. Chips replies, Since Mr. Hitler has aimed to paralyze all civilian life in southern England, it appears to me that our plain duty is to carry on our normal life here at Brookfield. Yeah, there are those who want us to hide, put on a mask, keep the children glued to their screens, especially the boys. We mustn't let the boys have fresh air and adventure. And most certainly, we mustn't let the boys know about the virtue of standing up against the bully or being bold in the face of danger, because that might breed violence. And the woke mentality has the desire to destroy all attachments to duty, honor, country. If we continue down this path, parents will soon be choosing to have their male children castrated at birth. Anthony Esselin writes, When I think of God, I first think of power and glory. It is from this resplendent view that a young man grows to walk with his head up, standing tall across the open yard to take roll, while the Vergetungswaffen is heard in the distance. As the voice boldly whispers in the back of his head, March on, damn the torpedoes. Men to some degree will follow grand words. Boys will not. Boys will follow the man that they know will fight by their side, though outnumbered ten to one. He could be a bad man or a hero. It doesn't matter. Boys are just hardwired to follow the one who plays big in the big moments. This is why fathers must present their sons this resplendent view of the man Jesus Christ, You cannot sit back and hope that there is a Mr. Chips in your life taking roll call. Because if neither of these are true, you may just hear the swoosh of the knife as the culture strips your son of his manhood. Batter up! The man who competes the two-minute drive hits it out of the park against the ace. Hears nothing but net before the roar of the crowd. Yes. He has played big in the big moments, but the man who took 39 lashes from the cat of nine tails had a crown of two-inch thorns driven into his head with nails in both hands and feet so you could be found, so you could walk tall, so you could have clear eyes and full hearts on the drive, the swing, and the release as the Vergeitungswaffen roars overhead. This is the real hero who stands by your side with enemies at the gate, outnumbering you ten to one. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. 
Dominus Vobiscum.